You've tuned into all things fine and gentry with the connoisseur, French Thompson, where consistently we bring you ideas, concepts, and exposure to thoughtful content, lifestyle enhancements, and opportunities to improve yourself and those around you. Thank you for tuning in and taking a listen to this week's episode. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to another episode of All Things Fine and Gentry. This is the Connoisseur French Thompson. And um, I want to say first, uh, welcome back to all the connoisseurs. As you all know, we're calling those that are a member of this uh, of this listening audience, the connoisseurs. And you guys have um, joined us uh, for several episodes um, and have become connoisseurs yourself of, of all of these uh, interesting topics and factoids and uh, lifestyle enhancements. And if this is your first time, welcome uh, to the podcast. Uh, we would love for you to become a subscriber. So just hit subscribe on whichever pl- podcast platform that you're listening on, as well as like, um, share, rate, review. It helps me and uh, my guests to know what you like, what you didn't like, and things that uh, you may want to have uh, brought to you. So uh, again, thank you all for tuning in. So today is going to be a good episode, uh, as as all of them never say, hey, today is going to be a bad episode. So let me probably not say that, but today is going to be a good episode. Um, I have a, a close friend and last season we talked about uh, black men in education and we talked with uh, uh, Jamal Williams about kind of you know what he sees from a higher education perspective. But, uh, you know, th- there's so many levels of education and um, when I recorded that, I, I immediately thought about the next person that I wanted to continue this conversation with. And so today um, we have a, a good friend, somebody I've known for, shoot, since 2011, 2012, yeah. maybe. Yeah. So, um, you know, nine, uh, t- almost 10 years going on. And uh, back in Chicago, when uh, my wife and I first got married and, you know, we're trying to find some like-minded couples uh, in our general area. And um, <clears throat> we got connected uh, with, uh, well, I'm sorry, I'm just talking about him. I didn't even introduce him. Stacy <laughs> Harper. <laughs> Stacy, how are you doing That's today? Uh, I'm all right. I'm all right. So oh, welcome, uh, glad man. to be here, man. Welcome to the podcast. And like I was saying, yes, sir. So got, got connected with them. And last season you all met, um, uh, 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 Jamar Jefferson, and uh, when he we had a, a topic about unapologetically you, and so in Chicago land, um, we hung out with just literally two couples ninety eight percent of the time, <laughs> the Harpers and the Jeffersons, and um, like we just kicked it hard out there in the hard. west suburbs, and uh, yes, sir. <laughs> We're not just what's up, but we traveled together. We did all times. <laughs> yes, sir. And so, um, and so, so Stacy <clears throat> is in education. Um, and, and you're going to kind of dig into his perspective, his experiences and things he's seen along the way as a black man in education and, uh, kind of his, his path, uh, from there. So as we typically do, we, um, you know, ask our, our guests to kind of introduce themselves where they're from. Um, you know, where they went to school and, and kind of how they got into uh, education. So, Stacey, uh, you have the floor. Oh, okay. Well, thanks uh, for inviting me. I appreciate uh, being here. Uh, uh, my journey starts in uh, Shreveport, Louisiana. Uh, we're about three hours west of Dallas, uh, one of the three major cities in, uh, in Louisiana. 
Uh, I think we're the third largest in Louisiana. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, born and raised there. Uh, went to college at Southern University HBCU. in Baton Rouge. Yes, indeed. Uh, no other choice. <laughs> uh, the the only one. Uh, yeah. So got my degree in education uh, there. Uh, my wife there as well. Uh, uh, after which, my uh, mother, who uh, is a thirty year vet, actually uh, got me my first job. Oh. Uh, at a uh, high school, uh, Green Oaks High School in Shreveport, Louisiana, um, and I worked there a year. And got married and moved to Chicago. Mm-hmm. So, uh, uh, yeah, that was my first experience in teaching. It was uh, an experience. <laughs> I mean, just <laughs> diving head first into fire. So, uh, but just it's just been in my bones to to be an educator. That's good. So, I mean, it's interesting, right? So, you saw your mom uh, have mm-hmm. a career in it, and did you feel like at an early age that you knew that this is a path that you wanted to go down? Oh yeah, yeah. I I, uh, I know it's uh it's uh maybe strange to hear, but I always like the like the smell of school. Mm. So so when I go in, you know, just seeing the desk and, and the halls, and it's it's always been that way. I've, I've always liked that environment. Nice. And uh and even just watching her and mostly how kids responded to her mm. was uh something I kind of gravitated to. And a lot of my uh, family are educators as well. So what does she teach secondary as well? Or does she teach oh, primary? Oh, no. She is in elementary through and through wow. uh, kindergarten, mostly uh, second grade, third grade, uh, fourth. And watching her teach elementary kids made me realize that I am born for secondary. Because <laughs> 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 elementary is not for me. Yeah. That was not for me. So, uh, yeah. I knew secondary was was my path, which is interesting, right? So we, we both have young kids, right? Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. in this COVID season, and even before that, uh, I know that Catherine and I, uh, for those who, who don't know, Catherine's my wife. We've said several times that hey, we did not major in early childhood education, right? <laughs> I am not, <laughs> I am not right. <laughs> a teacher. I do not have the patience. I don't have the fortitude. Um, and I mean, it's funny, right? Because you kind of look at it now and, you know, as I look at my kids when they were doing virtual and we're blessed that they're, you know, at a small school now that they can go on campus, but you look at it and I'm like, man, uh, God bless you all for wanting Hmm. to do preschool and my son's in first grade. It's just like the energy, everything. It's a, it's a different beast. (laughs) Uh, from from secondary, even just watching uh, my mother do uh, kindergarten was I, I just knew you know wiping noses and tying <laughs> shoes and he hit me and uh, you know I missed my pants that uh, no <laughs> that was just not for me so uh, you know I thought about the secondary thing mm-hmm. and uh, uh, actually I had a, a teacher that that really influenced me in the eleventh grade to pursue. Uh, secondary education nice. so yeah so that's been my past since and and like you said since so how long have you yeah. been in secondary this is year 21 wow 21 years in uh, in education um I, I knew i wanted to do second 11th grade uh but it, it was solidified once i uh, did my student teaching okay uh 
yeah, during Southern University. So, uh, uh, but yeah, since uh, 99, 98, yeah. Wow. It's been uh been secondary. That's so, so. Uh, so so so, yeah. so you 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 brought up that you grew up around educators, um, mm-hmm. which which is interesting, right? Because a lot of people that I know that have gotten into education, um, you know, either it was hey they, they they were psychology or you know they knew that they wanted to work with kids, and then this is kind of a path that they went. But but you were surrounded by educators, right? And black educators. What 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 um, what did that kind of do for you as well, right? For some of your, obviously your own personal mentors were, were black people, um, but um, I mean, you grew up in Louisiana, were you surrounded by black teachers and you felt that, hey, this is a safe space to be? Or did you kind of see that, you know, you know that I don't want to call you necessarily walking in as a minority, not necessarily as a, as a black person, but mm-hmm. as a black man in education, that's a, it's probably the one place where you're a double minority, right? Where you're more of a minority <laughs> in the workplace sure. than a black woman, right? And so how, right. H- how was that? And how did you kind of walk in, call it eyes wide open uh, with that understanding? It was, um, it was something that I knew uh, I would encounter very young. Yeah. Uh, I, I didn't have many male uh, teachers, much less black male teachers. Right. And uh, it was actually, you know, my mother is a, is a great influence, but it was actually uh, a Caucasian male hmm. that really convinced me to do it. And I did uh, see some black uh, educators, but they were mostly administrators. Hmm. And, most of, and most of the, uh, the black males that uh, taught at my schools taught, you know, uh, what, what we call lower level classes. Because so, hmm. I was in the, the honors classes and there weren't any black males teaching me the honors classes. And so I, I think, in essence, that that was a little bit to my detriment. But uh, there was, I, I still appreciated the influence of my mother's. Um, just just seeing how kids gravitated to her, and they still remembered her. Yeah. 10, 15, 20 years later, and I kind of wanted that for myself. So, yeah. So it it, uh, it still resonates with me today how how much people still remember Mrs. Harper. Mm. And, you know, she's, you know, she's in her 70s and they're in their 50s and still, still calling her Miss Harper. So. But, 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 the, but the the importance of that relationship, mm-hmm. right? Um, yes. How teachers can make or break your experience in school, whatever you're going through. And it doesn't matter if you're in primary or secondary education. There are going to be, you know, a couple of teachers that kind of that you remember, you know, that that make a mark on you and. You know, I guess as you look over your 20 years, ha- have you met that expectation of yourself, right? That you you said, this is what I wanted to do, right? And I mean, literally your first kids that you've taught, right? Even going into the ones in, in Chicagoland, like they are adults now, right? With their own oh, yeah. kids and things like that. Have have you felt that um, uh, that connection, you know, or or felt that you've, achieved what you saw your mom do and others do that you were able to make that connection with other the students that you have taught uh i have i have it, it took me a while to get there i would say uh, uh that was always my goal to uh be an influence for especially black males yeah and i can and i definitely see uh, that some and it's funny you should mention that uh not too long ago uh, i think it was last month uh, a student of mine uh, 
he's an actor mm. and he's actually probably been in a couple of shows that you've seen you know he's made a, a few i guess you could say little cameos whatever notes yeah. and he, he he uh it was funny he he texted me saying have you heard the new buster rhymes album <laughs> <laughs> just out of the blue and so <laughs> you know because we, we talked about him when we were in high school well, well i'm sorry when uh, i taught him mm-hmm. uh i wanted to make sure that you know, he had that mail. He had just moved to uh, Aurora, mm. uh, Illinois, and uh, he just was at my school. And I wanted to make sure that you know he was taken care of. Yeah. So you know, I I got to know him, uh, know what he wanted to do. Uh, I even let him cut my hair once <laughs> at the school, just to kind of build that relationship. Nice. And since then, um, you know, he wanted to get into acting. I saw uh, one of his plays. My wife and I went to a play that he was in. Uh, he called us to say that he was going to be on, I think it's uh, called Chicago Med. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah so he had a, a couple of uh, acting lines in, in those shows. Nice. And, and even today, we still uh, communicate. Uh, one of my, uh, I call them my girls, I uh, coach the step team. <laughs> and one of the girls that was on the uh, step team, her mother and I still communicate. She's a Howard graduate. Nice. Um, uh, and so we still communicate. I keep in, in contact with her. So I like to think that I, I still, I made some impact on them, uh, more so for life than, than it was academic. So, <clears throat> so I'm curious, right? What, I don't say what percentage, but I mean, mm-hmm. you're, you, you put yourself out there for so many students, right? And I would assume that that return on investment is, uh, is, is almost like, I want to say playing the lottery, you know, maybe it's a little less, um, you know, one in a million than that. But I would assume that you put out a lot more than you give back. Um, how, how, how do you manage that? I want to say, manage is probably the wrong word, but how do you continue to keep yourself motivated through that process, knowing that you are giving, I mean, like legitimately, you're saying, hey man, I let this dude cut my hair, right? Which for black men is, you know, yeah, it, it's like a religion. Haircut. <laughs> exactly. um, and I mean, there, there's no guarantee that you will see that return that you will, you know, he will still stay in contact and say, hey, you know, Mr. Harper, these are things that I'm doing. I mean, I'm sure there are many that have not reached back, many that have taken your class and moved on. Um, you know, how do you kind of manage that and, and, and keep going, keep that motivation? It's. Um... It's been, it's tough to do, but I keep in perspective uh, what this uh, mentor teacher that I had many years ago uh, told me, uh, feeling kind of down on myself one day, a lesson didn't go well. Mm. And you're talking about a 30 year vet who told me, um, she said, Stacey, no one, no one has taught a perfect lesson ever. No lesson has ever been perfect because that would mean every kid was engaged Mm. all the time. And so I, I kind of took that with every kid that I encounter. I put it out there um, and hopefully something will stick. And, you know, some, some relationships work out, some don't. You know, all black males didn't necessarily gravitate to me just because of uh, where we, I don't want to say where I come from, right. uh, but more so we're, we're just from two different um, worlds, I guess you could mm-hmm. say. Um, uh, and being a phenomenon still is is uh is tough but i guess it kind of depends on uh the region and where you are if those kids will 
will gravitate to you. You know, fortunately, I was at a place where there weren't many black males. So, so to see me was, uh, I guess, kind of inspirational for them yeah. or, or that's something different that they saw. So they tended to gravitate to me. So, so, so you spent in, in, you know, pardon for not giving a little more of your resume. Sure. Um, no. what, what do you teach or what have you taught over the years? Uh, I am uh, an English teacher. Mm-hmm. And so that, that in and of itself scares people. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they always think you're correcting their grammar. But, it's, uh, uh, but I've always taught English. I've taught every level of English. So mm-hmm. it's ninth grade, uh, basic level to uh, college level senior mm-hmm. English, college writing. And so uh, I've, I've run into different types of kids. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's interesting in an English class to to make a kid want to be interested in it. Yeah. <laughs> um, because you know you're you're basically not teaching a curriculum that isn't necessarily catered toward them. That's good. To make them want to gravitate to you. So um, uh, that's the part that that really kind of you know I, I can't really get to everyone because I use that curriculum to kind of enhance the relationship with those students. That's good. Yeah. So it's, it's, uh, you know, everything I try to do for the kids is purposeful. Yeah. And so, uh, cause I want them to know that beyond these walls, you know, you don't have, I don't, I don't care if you knew that Shakespeare wrote this at that time, but if we, take, if we take what he says and how can we apply it to ourselves, no matter who you are. Yeah. So even as a black male, how can, how does this apply to me? And so they tend to gravitate toward me you know, once I showed them that. So, so you've kind of talked about, you know, the connection and the uh, mentorship. Um, What have you seen over the years, right? So not only in your two decades of teaching, right? um, But as also what you've seen your mom and your other mentors go go through. And you've been, you know, in the suburbs, and I'm sure that even when you taught, uh, in Aurora, Illinois, West suburbs of Chicago, that you've even seen those suburbs evolve. You know what I mean? Um, yes. And so, so what, maybe look at it from two two sides. What have you seen uh, in the evolution of the student and the evolution of the practice? Right, the way that you approach uh, connecting sure. with them. Uh, so, kind of let's start with the student. Like, how has how have they evolved and changed and a major life uh, more interesting. <laughs> uh, that's that's a very loaded question in that uh, kids change because times change. Yeah. And uh, when you are first starting out, uh, depending on what you teach, you're only two or three years older than these kids. That's real. And so you know, if, you know, they kind of look at you as a big brother, but don't take you seriously. Mm. You know, so early early in my career, uh, it, it was that. You know, I had to be more of the uh, toughest, real, really tough. They always say, don't smile those first mm. two years. Uh, and I never liked that. It was more of just, you know, getting to relate to the kid uh, on a certain level. Right. And so, um, you know, there wasn't the use of, of cellular devices mm-hmm. and, and, and that competition. So... Uh, students tended to be a little more uh, engaged. They they had more to lose, mm. I, I guess you could say, when they were younger. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, early in my career. But I, I've seen kids now uh, get so much 
that uh, I feel like they feel they don't really have that much uh, to learn, to lose. Uh, they're going to get that iPhone regardless. Uh, am, am I going to work hard uh, to, you know, trying to compete with a book, whereas I can get the answer right here on my phone Wow, is, is, is the challenge. And so, you know, you have to make kids kind of see um, the value in it mm. in, in reading itself, not just a, a piece of text uh, that's shortened and uh, a sentence, but, you know, actually delving into a, a book. You know, I, I'm trying to convince this one kid now. I'm, I, I'm just now reading uh, Go Tell It on the Mountain mm. with uh, James Baldwin. Yeah. And so to get him to read that is is getting tough because of the competition with phones, even with, uh, uh, how can I say this? Uh, I, I wanted to, kids have changed now because I, I always thought of, I grew up in that different world era. Mm. And so the kids that I taught my first year were, you know, uh, lower socioeconomic, the hood, I guess you could say. <laughs> and so, you know, I was, I was different to them. Yeah. And so, but now everybody's a cosmic kid. Ooh. Everybody is a, uh, you know, when I look at it now, everybody's a cosmic kid. So everybody's from suburb. Everybody has an iPhone. Everybody has some Jordans. Everybody has, so to, I'm not different mm. anymore. And so it, it's, it's just finding those new ways in which to connect with the, with the student. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's funny to say it now, but I was taught, uh, you can't, you have to learn to teach kids with a book in one hand and a newspaper in the other, but <laughs> now it's a teach with a book in one hand and a cell phone in the other, right. cause I have to be able to connect with them with TikTok and, um, that sort of thing. So, um, you know, kids have just changed in that way, mostly because of technology, uh, as far as the, the practice is concerned, uh, you know, there's no more what we call sitting kit. Mm. where you come to class and you sit down and the teacher is up at the front and you're sitting there you know, vigorously taking notes and that, that just doesn't happen anymore. You know, they, they teach us to uh, teach for 15 minutes and then you have to move, mm. get the kids involved, cooperative even, learning. Even in high school is like these even, kids, their, their attention span is still that oh yeah. short that you have to. Yeah. 15 minutes. I try to keep it to 15, 10 minutes. After which it's mostly them doing uh, applying the the practice uh, or the standard uh, then. But, you know, I, I, I try to make it as entertaining as possible, but I'm getting kind of dated <laughs> because, you know, a lot of the jokes or, or whatever I, <laughs> the kids don't get. And so I, I find myself now going to, to younger teachers. Mm. Um, you know, I've had to relearn how to use technology. I, you know, I've, my first year, we took grades in basic <laughs> with an overhead. <laughs> and now there are dot cameras. Yeah. And um, we have a program called Canvas where everything is online. And Our, our kids uh, our kids actually, they have Canvas at our, our school. So we're, we're yeah. learning that, which is interesting in itself. I mean, because it's, exactly. it's like real-time feedback, right? Immediately when the oh, teacher yeah. records a grade, you know, it pops up and you're looking mm -hmm. And I've had to legit, I turned off the alerts because I'm looking, and my, yeah. son, my son is in first grade, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm looking and I'm like, how did he get a 14 out of 16 on his math? 
right immediately <laughs> i'm in my mind like okay what 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 did you do different right why don't you have that and then they're showing the averages you know this mm-hmm. is the average in the class and all this right and it's i've had to slow myself down in a lot in, in evaluating the performance of my child because it's so much yes. real-time feedback i mean when we grew up you didn't know how your kid was doing right my parents didn't know how right. i was doing but for the you have two times a, a semester call it you know, or a quarter, depending on, you know, how your, your right. school was, parent-teacher conference, and then a report card, right? Exactly. And maybe maybe your school, I don't remember where it was, might have been in, in high school when we actually started getting progress reports, right? So you get a parent-teacher right. conference, a progress report, and a report card. But now this it. stuff is r- real time. And I can All imagine the that that is the pressure that that puts on you as a teacher, especially mm-hmm. parents that are, um, that are, uh, I'm trying to put this in a nice way uh, that are very engaged okay. in their <laughs> child's learning process. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. We, we are in a constant state of uh, trying to prove that your kid is, is underperforming. Mm. They're, they're not failing. They're, they're underperforming. And that could be, that could cover a lot of things. Yeah. And underperforming doesn't necessarily mean because uh, I think a lot of parents want their kids to be perfect, yeah. and they want everything right, and that that puts so much pressure on 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 the child to get it to get everything right, even in the classroom. You know, I have to call my kids because since I teach a, a, a subject that's so subjective, yeah, they still they want everything to be right. That's why kids, you know, hate. Now, I don't want to say hate English teachers, but English is very tough for them because, you know, if, if they're looking at something that says a 90 out of 100, mm. I mean, it's still, it's still an A, but yeah. it's not 100. And so it's it's tough to get parents to to see that uh, your, your, your son or daughter is doing well. They're, yeah. they're doing well. They're doing okay. They're not going to be perfect. And I tell, I tell the students that they're not going to be perfect. Your essay is not going to be perfect. Your essay is 100%. If I give you 100% on an essay, I didn't read your essay, <laughs> so <laughs> you know, I, it, it just um, I I don't know that with all that real time and, and we have to be so accountable for for everything yeah. uh, that we do, and so as as a black male, I definitely feel even more pressure yeah. uh, with that because you know I work in the suburbs and it's mostly you know a white area. And so, you know, you, you feel, you feel that, but, um, you know, it's mostly just me being here for the kids and making sure that they are successful in some capacity. So how have you over the years had to, and I don't want to use this word, but I'm going to use it. Uh, how have you felt that you've had to prove yourself, right? That you belong here as a teacher, you are smart enough. You can, I mean, in, in, on a multiple levels, right. On your administration side, your coworkers, but then also what you just talked about, the the parents of your students. How have you felt that pressure has been unique for you um, as a black man? And how have you managed through that that process, that expectation? Um, I've always tried to live, you know, as a as a person that's grown up in the South, <laughs> right. I've always thought of myself as having to look under a microscope. Uh, Killer Mike uh, said in an interview one time, I, I, I listen to everything. <laughs> Killer Mike said in an interview one time, uh, 
was talking to DJ Envy and uh, he talked about how when he grew up, there were these imaginary white people that he had to be better than. Mm. Uh, and that's what he was taught. And so I, I kind of grew up with that same idea that that was taught to me. And so even when I am working now, uh, I feel that pressure to be the first one there and the last one to leave mm. um, and trying to uh, show that I'm smart by, you know, presenting this idea um, and, and, and showing them that this idea works. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? And, and uh, you know, even having the code switch yeah. is, is uh, something that I was taught and it, it's still that, that same way I've, you know, even in watching, uh, uh, had a mentor teacher my first year in Aurora, uh, who taught me how to talk on the phone to uh, Caucasian parents. Wow. <laughs> she was a and she was a, a white woman, and so I find myself, you know, as a black male. Now, how do I make sure that I'm not threatening? Yeah. To this, to this person, and so you know, I find myself with a different inflection in my voice and, and all that sort of thing. So, it, but you know, that's that's just the nature of the beast because you don't want you want buy-in from the from the student. Yeah. And if this, you know, if the parent feels threatened, that's going to translate to the kid, and then the kid is not going to be engaged, and and then you definitely lost mm-hmm. the 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 kid. But you know, with with our students. I do find myself, unfortunately, being harder on them because so, you, I, you think that's sub- subconsciously, or you think it's actually <sighs> conscious that you're like, no, I'm going to hold you to a higher standard. It's it's a little bit of both. Yeah, it, it really depends on the on the student. If I if I really know that they can do it, mm-hmm. uh, there there really is a, a difference uh, between can and won't that I'm finding. Wow. But then a a student. Uh, did put it in perspective for me because you know we've all had to uh, adjust to this new way of learning and so this uh this one student this year taught me and that's what i like about teaching is that the, the kids really teach me yeah and so he you know i just couldn't understand i'm like we we set up everything on canvas <laughs> go to the agenda all you have to do is follow it well, we make videos constantly <laughs> but then he had to school me and say well that's true. I do know how to use a cell phone. And, you know, we always use that argument. You can use a cell phone, but you can't use a computer. <laughs> yeah, I can use it. <laughs> but he told me, yes, I can use a computer, but I still have to read through and comprehend what the instruction is. And I have to interpret what the lesson is based on a video. And I have it here in my face. And then I have to look up at the video. That's, that's tough mm. for me. And to, to, you know, uh, I'm, it's hard to say this, but I think a lot of, I think we teachers are blessed with the gift to switch on a dime mm-hmm. in that if technology doesn't work, we have to figure out a way to still keep class going. Yeah. And so now that we've gone to this style of learning, you know, parents who aren't in education or can't really switch on a dime, we, we suddenly had to switch. You know, yeah. one week you're in class, next week everything's online and so that's it's tough it's still tough to adjust uh to but even in improving uh myself on that i have to make sure i have all my piece of cues and constant communication with parents yeah every minute of my day is filled so i i started 4 a.m <laughs> and you i started my day started 4 a.m french and usually end around nine mm. and I'm forcing myself to go to bed at night. So, 
So it's, you know, I, I always put a lot of that pressure on myself because I want the kids to be successful. That's good. Yeah. Uh, so. so, so two more questions here. Um, yes, sir. Cause I know you're a dad and you have uh, to make sure that your own learners <laughs> have what they need. Um, Indeed. We've spoken about kind of your interaction and expectations that you see from the administrative side, your coworkers, et cetera, as well as from the student side. Do you feel black parents treat you differently or engage with you differently than other race parents? And how how has how does that impact your your process um, and, and, and your perspective, per se, on, on how you're dealing and engaging? It is, uh, it, it really depended on, on where I've been in my career. Okay. Uh, a lot of the parents, I could tell when they first come in, their eyes lit up. Mm. I have literally been the first black teacher some of these students have. You're wow. talking about, you know, the new millennium. Yeah. And so those, those kids were, uh, I'm sorry, those parents were, were very happy. Yeah. And they and and you know when we had a, a teacher night, you know if I'm trying to talk with parents, I could I would always see the black parents stay behind, mm-hmm. and then they would they would tell me you know if he or she gets out of line, right. make sure you, you know it's you know I, I thought that stuff was gone, but it's still here, um, <laughs> and and so uh, it, it's it's made me take that job of being a mentor to those kids, yeah. especially the black males, you know, seriously, I, I still do take that seriously. I try to be uh, unapologetically me, yeah. you know, and That's doing and, and letting them know that I was born at night, not last night, mm. but uh, I do use ubiquitous melancholy and those types of languages around them <laughs> because it, <laughs> the, the, the it, it, for instance, the, uh, the, the best thing that's ever been told to me in my life from a kid was, quote, Mr. Harper, I've never seen a black guy like you before. Wow. And, and you, you're talking about someone that's biracial. Yeah. And so they, they were, and so I, that I knew my job was important mm-hmm. because yeah, no matter, those, those kids are watched me yeah. all the time. And, and I know that, you know, they may not necessarily admit it, but you know, they, they're watching and, and uh, they're, they're looking at how I interact with, with them. And, and so I, I find that to be serious for, for myself and for their parents, because I want them to know that they're, they want to know that their kid is taken care of once they're in that room. That's good. I, I mean, you, you put a bow on it because I wanted to ask you as a last question, mm-hmm. right? If there was something that your students, you know, or that you hope that your students would remember about you as a teacher, right? That the person that graduates, they, they continue to move on. If there was one thing that you wanted them to remember about you, what would it be? I guess it, it's, it's summed up with uh, uh, a student I had, Andy Lopez, who told me, uh, Mr. Harper, he told me on graduation day, Mr. Harper, thank you for all you did for me. Mm-hmm. And that, that's, that's really all I want is to just be remembered. Mm. And and uh, you know I want that same thing that a mother had that you know oh Mr Harper you know that's yeah and and that I did something positive for them so you know when I look back at the, the kid I told you about this that's an actor uh, that's one of my crowning achievements that's that he still 
uh, calls me. He's still, uh, you know, we still talk, we still rap. I have many daughters who are on the set team that <laughs> I, I talk to today, you know, like looking out for them. So that's that's the things that, you know, I talk to them something. Yeah. yeah, and so that's that's my legacy. That's that's, that's, that's part of, that's what I want to leave is, is that legacy. That's so, good. That's good. Yeah. Man, this, this, was, this was great. Um, so much more to talk about, but you, you, you wax eloquently, sir, today. Well, well, thank you, sir. <laughs> I've learned from the best. <laughs> so, so I typically offer up the opportunity that if people want to connect with a guest, um, you know, just to even like if there's somebody that wants to learn about education or they may be considering it, right. Um, you know, our, uh, the listening audience, the connoisseurs of, of the podcast, um, are you know roughly around our age, but we do have an audience that trends a little bit younger. So maybe some people that are still thinking about a career path, right, or even you know a a, uh, a switch to education. Um, mm-hmm. um, how does a person get in touch with you? They just want to ask some questions and engage, or even try to understand their their own students, teachers better, right, and the challenges that they are are working through. Uh, if you if you dare to share, how would a person uh, be able to get in touch with you? <laughs> oh yeah, I can be contacted. Uh, you know, my, my I check my email constantly. Um, so if, um, it's uh, sharper zero eight two one at yahoo dot com. And so uh, the, the, yeah, just one of the few people that still have a Yahoo. Yes, one <laughs> of the few. It, you know, I try to. <laughs> I, you know, I know email is uh, unavoidable, and I have about four or five mm-hmm. with this job. So, you know, it's just so many ways to communicate, but that's, that's the one I use just, uh, just personally. And so I, I check it still constantly. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, if people want to get in contact, that's, uh, that's definitely a way, uh, that they can do, uh, to keep in contact with me. So, and, uh, I usually answer back pretty quickly. So if, uh, if you need to get in contact with me, by all means, <laughs> uh, they can reach me there. So awesome. Well, yes, sir. Again, thank you, man, for for taking the time uh, today to to chat and and continue on this conversation. It's so important about education, number one, but also uh, black men in education. We know it's an anomaly, and you know we hope that it, it becomes less of it. But we also know that there's some challenges and and uh, opportunities uh, as a part of it. So, thanks again, man, for being a part of it. And if you all like this, right? If you you enjoyed the podcast, uh, please, please, you know, rate it. Uh, review write write some notes in there. We love the stars on on Apple or or Google or Spotify stuff like that. But also love for you just to to pin a little note and lets us know that you enjoyed it. Share it with your friends. Share it with your social network. We will be sure to to repost. Uh, if you, if you tag us, we would love to, to see how more people can get the the knowledge that's spit here and some of the experiences and. Uh, again, as I said in the beginning, if you have not subscribed, please hit that subscribe button because we're going to be releasing content uh, for your ears every Monday uh, throughout this year so that you can you can get this this good knowledge and and become more more well versed in a fine and gentry lifestyle. So, again, thank you all. And uh, we'll see you after a while.